Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with News and Views from the Nefarium on Thursday, September 21st, 2023. Real quick housekeeping, and then we'll dive right in. We do not have a vid chat tomorrow. The next vid chat will be a week from tomorrow, and that's going to be our special web chat on the new book, Demon in the Acre. So uh, make sure that you set your alarms or your notices for that and to keep an eye on the schedule and on the forum for announcements we are entering that period of the year where there are again pop-up storms so i may have to end up uh, because of the weather rescheduling that so keep an eye on it so far it looks okay but uh, in any case it is coming up anyway I want to dive right into this story because it's very important and I have my own thoughts to share about what it might portend uh, and as you might expect it portends little good for the USSA under the Biden Joe regime. The article was submitted by a lot of you uh, and in various forms, different article versions of it, but I'm, I'm following the Zero Hedge version, and with thanks to EE and some of the others of you that shared that version. The title of the article, and I'm going to be reading several paragraphs from it, including two paragraphs that I think are the key to what we've been witnessing. The title of the article is NATO Fractures. In a U-turn, Poland announces it will no longer arm the Ukraine. So here we go. Poland will no longer arm the Ukraine to focus on its own defense. The Polish Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki announced just hours after Warsaw summoned the Ukraine's ambassador related to a fresh war of words and a spat over blocked grain, according to the AFP. Warsaw <coughs> has throughout more than a year and a half of the Ukraine-Russia war, <coughs> pardon me, been Kiev's staunchest and most outspoken supporter. Will this massive and hugely significant about-face mark the beginning of the end? Are peace negotiations and the ceding of territory in the Donbass inevitable at this point? And that indeed is the questions. And incidentally, folks, I want to alert you, I'm having some housework done, so my little canine home security alarm unit may go off at any minute. Anyway, to continue this article, I want to read several more paragraphs before we get to the two clinchers. Within the last 48 hours, relations between Poland and the Ukraine quickly spiraled to their lowest point since the Russian invasion, and it is directly related to Warsaw leading a handful of EU countries to extend a grain export ban on the Ukraine, amid continuing anger and outrage from Polish farmers who are suffering due to their country being flooded with cheap Ukrainian wheat. And by the way, remember that a lot of that wheat is going to be GMO wheat. We'll be getting back to that part of the story in a minute. Crucially, Poland will hold parliamentary elections on October 15th. 
The prior atmosphere of enthusiastic pro-Kiev rhetoric has drastically changed now with comparisons likening the Ukraine to a drowning man. Polish leaders have compared the Ukraine to a drowning person hurting his helper and threatened to expand a ban on food products from the war-torn country. Meanwhile, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has suggested that European Union allies that are prohibiting imports of his nation's grain are helping Russia. Now, Polish officials who are trying to win parliamentary elections next month with help from farmers' votes are expressing dismay over some of the Ukraine's latest moves, including a World Trade Organization complaint over bans on Ukrainian grain from Poland and two other European Union countries. In surprisingly blunt and terse words given to reporters on the sidelines of the UN General Assembly, Polish President Andrzej Duda said on Tuesday that, quote, the Ukraine is behaving like a drowning person clinging to anything available, unquote. He then said, quote, a drowning person is extremely dangerous, capable of pulling you down to the depths, simply drowning the rescuer, unquote. Given the Ukraine's battlefield losses and its currently bogged down in a failing counteroffensive, the words no doubt stung. But as the Hill notes further of the domestic political context in Poland, public sentiment around the issue has started to deteriorate, pulling the ruling party in a difficult position ahead of the October election. The far-right Confederation Party is hoping to capitalize on the waning support in the country. Now, I'm skipping a couple of paragraphs here to review. These are some of the major developments and setbacks in only the last few days. Firstly, Zelensky fired at least six top-ranking defense officials over corruption, <laughs> no kidding, after recently firing longtime defense minister Alexei Reznikov amid a graft probe. In other words, folks, how much of all of those billions of dollars that we're wasting on the Ukraine is actually making it to the Ukraine and not into the hands of their corrupt oligarchs, including our own country's corrupt oligarch-in-chief? Number two, American transgender spokesperson for the Ukraine's territorial defense forces Sarah Ashton Cirillo was suspended indefinitely by the Ukrainian military in an embarrassing debacle. And folks, I don't know if you've seen or listened to that hysterical rant, but I got to tell you, the invocation of the God in general there is what is going to be the undoing of this country. And by this country, I do not mean the Ukraine. Number three. The New York Times ran an article which said a missile fired by the Ukraine, not Russia, struck a busy civilian market, marking an unexpected establishment media about face. Number four. Biden has yet to pledge any new weapons for the Ukraine as Zelensky is in the United States, and there are reports that the ATCAM's long-range missiles will not be approved. And most importantly, there's this per political. According to the Fresh Wednesday report, delivering any new aid to help defend against Russia even later this year 
is looking tougher than ever. The obstacles are piling up. House Republicans are skeptical of any new money at all. What's more, their dysfunction threatens to push the government into a shutdown, and so on and so forth. Now we get to the two key paragraphs. Listen carefully. Quote, As if fully aware that the tap at the expense of the U.S. taxpayer may run dry, Zelensky has been meeting in New York with a who's who of leading banks, hedge funds, and private investors. Fox Business, which broke the story, says the ongoing meetings are part of a broader effort to secure investments for the rebuilding of the Ukraine and fixing destroyed infrastructure. The meeting was put together by J.P. Morgan, the big bank serving as Zelensky's financial no, no, Shiloh, as Zelensky's financial advisor to attract private capital for a new investment fund to rebuild the Ukraine's infrastructure destroyed in its war against Russia, according to people with knowledge of the matter. Earlier in the afternoon, Zelensky met privately with BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, the sources say. BlackRock is the world's largest asset manager and has also been advising Zelensky on how to attract U.S. private sector money for the rebuilding effort, unquote. Now, folks, I submit to you that perhaps what's really been going on is precisely a scam and scheme to turn all of the Ukraine into a corporate state on a scale that we have not yet seen elsewhere in the world. In other words, forget about the Ukraine being a country. Think of it more as a corporation with infrastructure now built by and essentially leased to the Ukraine. This whole war may have, in fact, been about enriching Mr. Global Looney and his central banks. Now, I suspect that Poland's uh, role here is crucial because it's signaling the end of unanimity in the West's... Oh, my painters are leaving, it sounds like. Let them get out of here. Poland is signaling the end of unanimity of the Western approach and aid to the Ukraine, and notably it is a European nation, particularly in Eastern Europe, that is beginning the process of the crack-up of that unanimity. I suspect that we're going to see more countries jumping on the bandwagon now that Poland has shown the guts to break away and break out from underneath the American policy regime here. I really do. In the long run, I think what this portends is the potential and possible overthrow of Mr. Zelensky and his regime itself and the installation of a new regime in Kiev that is willing to negotiate with Russia. So that brings me to the real focus of my attention here, and that is what will the Russian negotiating position be? Now, folks, all along we could have avoided this whole nightmare 
if we had listened to the Russians in the first place and kept our promise not to expand NATO to the borders of the Russian Federation. In fact, you'll recall that it was the coup d'etat against President Yankovic in, in Kiev that overthrew his administration and installed essentially the first steps of the current administration in Kiev. It was the American-sponsored coup that brought all of this on. So what's Russia's negotiating position going to be? Well, it's going to be essentially an elaboration of the original position. The Ukraine must remain neutral. But now, I suspect, given what we've just been told, pardon me, about the presence of banks and BlackRock in the Ukrainian war story, I suspect that Russia's negotiating position is going to be one of spelling out the conditions of neutrality. And given the fact that Russia has already banned certain non-governmental organizations inside of the Russian Federation, including organizations connected to George Soros, and as well as banning Soros himself by issuing an arrest warrant against the man, I suspect that neutrality is now going to be understood by the Russians to mean that no non-governmental organizations or corporations like BlackRock will be allowed to do business with the Ukraine. And I suspect that this might be spelled out any number of ways in terms of volume of trade being conducted between the Ukraine and the West, vis-a-vis -vis the volume of trade being conducted by the Ukraine with the East and any future trade, trade with Russia and so on. So I want everybody to kind of focus now on watching the rhetoric that's going to be coming not only out of Eastern Europe, not only out of Warsaw, but especially now out of Moscow, because I suspect that they are going to start sending messages about what their negotiating position is going to be. Um, short bottom line here is Zelensky's days, I think, are numbered. So that'll do it for this week's news and views, folks. Remember, there is no vid chat. Tomorrow we're going to have the web chat a week from tomorrow. And please remember to keep watching the schedule to make sure that the, the uh, web chat is going to occur on the day it's scheduled and not have to be shifted due to any inclement weather. That's it, folks. We'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye and God bless.